Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And it's welcome to another episode of Rider on the Road. Uh, we're in Mich- Michigan in America at the moment and it's the morning after the election where Donald Trump has made a presidential history, all very sad, all very traumatic. By the time this one goes to air, hopefully we'll have all recovered a little bit. Now, my guest today is known as the college dropout and you know how I'm very interested in education. So good morning, Sierra. Say, Good morning. have I pronounced it correctly? Sierra Say? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Sierra. Now I've dragged Sierra out of bed at some ungodly hour and she's probably still depressed about what's happening over there. And if she isn't, I don't want to know. Sierra, <laughs> um, you've started your own podcast now called The the um, College Dropout. You obviously have a story to tell that as an educator, I'm very, very keen to hear. Uh, would you like to tell us how your podcast came about? Uh, sure. Uh, my podcast came about because um, it, it's a true story of of me and, and my journey so far. Um, basically, what happened was I was a student at Michigan State University, um, journalism major, actually. And um, I made a, a terrible, bad call um, on a project that I waited too late to do. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of the School of Journalism and I changed my major and I just was able, was never able to recover from not being in the major that I wanted to be in. And I, a long story short, I ended up dropping out of school. Yeah. And now dropping out of school, I'm guessing that you have um, made a success of your life anyway, because as I was fossicking around and doing a bit of research about you, all these wonderful words like, entrepreneur, empowerment, uh, passion, all those words come into your story. Uh, would you like to tell us why I'm, why I'm finding those things out about a college dropout? You said, why are you finding those things yeah. out about it? Yeah, because college dropout sounds so very, very negative, but everything about you is exciting. Uh, so I'm just wondering how you went from college dropout to making that such a wonderful experience. Well, the, the I don't want to say the cool thing, but one thing um, here in America, there is a, a stigma that if, if you don't finish school, and, and get your bachelor's degree that you can't be successful. But as I've proven with my show and with a, whole, a lot of people that I know who I haven't had a chance to talk to yet, that's not necessarily true. Um, you can still be successful in whatever you want to do. I mean, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, um, even a teacher, then you do have to have that degree. But it, it's not necessary um, in the States if you want to be an entrepreneur or an author or a speaker. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to educate yourself on whatever it is you want to do, but there are different ways to do that here. Um, I'm not sure if, if the 
resources we have are available in Australia, but, you know, we have online courses that you could take. You could, you know, sign up for specific courses with people who are actually doing what it is you want to do versus sitting in the classroom and being taught by someone who's been out of their field for 20, 30 years. So there are alternative ways to learn what it is you need to learn for your particular craft. Yeah. Now you're starting to see everybody that there's a pattern forming here. Why would I have this amazing woman uh, from the <laughs> other side of the world on my podcast if I wasn't absolutely fascinated? Now, Sierra, you're probably the only one that doesn't know, but I'm a lifelong learner. I've homeschooled my own children. I'm just doing a whole series on teenage story writing or teenage novelists encouraging them to pick up the entrepreneurial reins and and do their own kind of thing as well there are so many different pathways to the traditional way to success and mm-hmm. i'm guessing you're becoming a bit of an expert in that area um i would say so I, i've learned a lot this year um about entrepreneurship and, and particularly online business and you know, that world is is so foreign to a lot of people. Um, I, I talk to some of my friends and, and family about it, and they literally look at me as if, you know, it's impossible. But there are people making millions of dollars um, by just doing what they love on the Internet. And I don't want to make it seem like that it's about money because it isn't. But that's definitely something that motivates you to continue to, to go after what it is you really want to do instead of settling for something that people consider to be normal. Yeah. Now, how powerful is that statement? Um, Everybody, you're just going to have to listen to me follow my passions today um, because Sierra's tapping into some things that I'm really, really passionate about. As you said, Mm -hmm. there are more ways to success than traditional uh, ways through academic excellence. Now, I've just come off my end of year uh, what do you call it, um, parade at a, a private school here in Brisbane where mm. academically privilege really counts for a lot. Now, I notice in the online space where indie authors operate, um, quite often it's the guys who think outside the square or who live on the edge that are actually making, as you said, you said huge dollars, but it's not what's really important. They're trying new things and they're they're out there putting themselves out and trying and being very successful about it. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. I I think it's, um, I think for, for guys, it's more acceptable for them to do so. I think for a lot of times people still have this idea that, if if you're a woman and you have children and, and you have a family, you shouldn't be that risky in whatever it is you want to do. You should you should play it safe because, you know, you have the children who are looking at you and you have the husband in some um, in some cases where you have to support. So I think it's more acceptable for them to be um, risky, to go out and, and try different things and make different investments. And it's like they have that safety net if it doesn't work. Whereas with us, we are. Um, expected to just, you know, ride it out <laughs> and make sure nothing nothing falls apart. And it, and it's interesting, isn't it, that, that wearing, I guess, different hats. Now, I want to take you and I want to talk to you because I know there's a lot about your background that we can unpack here today. But I want to I want to focus for a little minute on that learning versus schooling. Now you had the experience mm-hmm. of of not finishing your formal education, I suppose. Um, would you like to give us your definition of learning versus schooling? 
Sure. Uh, learning versus schooling. I, I guess with me, learning would be, you know, learning something or hearing something, absorbing some type of, of content, some type of information and applying it. I think that's what learning is for me. Schooling is being fed information and asking to regurgitate it. That, I, that's my honest opinion of, of uh, learning versus schooling. Look, and I will quote you till the ends of the earth, and I think everybody, I've found my soulmate here. Being fed information, <laughs> being fed content, I struggle so very, very much with that in the school system. And I know that some of my listeners out there are teachers, are educators, and we've all walked away. We can't bear it anymore. We're watching kids being fed content when they can so very easily find it out for themselves. Learning is that curiosity. Learning is that uh, creativity creativity and imagination, all the words that that excite us and, and ignite mm-hmm. us, I suppose, as well. I listened to a guy, and I sh- I've shown it in my classrooms for many years now. He's a guy called Suli Breezy, and he does rap, and he stands out the front of a school, and he says there ain't no um, schooling happening. It's all about learning, and it's all from within. Uh, you've experienced that firsthand, but you've also had a lot of successes along the way doing it your way. Uh, would you like to share some of those successes with us? Um, I would say one of my many successes right after I, you know, figured out I wasn't going to go back to school was was getting my real estate license. Um, at first, it wasn't a big deal, but it, it ended up being a big deal because that was like the first thing I completed in that type of setting. And the world of real estate in the United States is 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 an open book. Um, there's always something to learn. There's always something new. There's always a different way to do it. And that world is what really got my brain moving in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, so that was one success. Uh, my podcast is, is actually a huge success for me because it I had the idea for a while and I just wasn't executing it. And when I finally executed and released it, it it's now opening up another whole world of, of ideas and, and possibilities and opportunities um, that I have and, and some things I want to do to help others who may feel the way that I felt for a very long time. Who You know, people who know they want to work for themselves in some sort of capacity, but they think that they can't because they lack that piece of paper and they just don't know how to navigate the waters. Um, what else? I would say I'm, I'm in the process of writing an ebook. That's going to be a success for me. Um, my children are a success for me, just trying to raise two competent, uh, respectful young gentlemen in this crazy, crazy world that we live in. Um, so I, I would say that, and, and I, I never gave up at, at one point I thought about it, um, but I didn't. And some people do. So for me, that that's a huge success because it's, it's very easy to quit. It's very easy to be average. It's hard to go through, um, go through the growing pains and, and start understanding and learning and, you know, just going through the process of becoming who you're truly meant to be. That is very hard. It is not easy. And I finally understand why there are so many average people in the world because it's, it's easy to be average. I'm just I. 
Everybody, we have woken Sierra up. Now, remember when we started this <laughs> podcast, it was quarter to five in the morning or quarter to four in the morning over where you are, Sierra. I am starting to hear some passion in your voice and, and I'm very excited. Are uh, you talking about never giving up? You're talking about how easy it is to be average. Now, tell us about the book that you're writing because we're all writers here or we're readers and writers here on, on Writer on the Road. Tell us about this mm-hmm. book. Um, well, the the first my first book project is actually just a an ebook on uh, the way that I started my podcast. I've had so many people approach me asking me to teach them, um, to coach them. So I figure, why not put the methods that I use um, in an ebook? It's going to be very short and very simple. While I was researching, I found a, a lot of information regarding podcasts, and most of it I didn't use. And I felt like most of it was, you know, it was too much information for the beginner. Um, so I've, I'm in the process of writing a very simple six step using, you know, the tools that I use, the um, podcast websites that, that we both use, you know, letting them know what I'm using, why I'm using it and giving them only one alternative. And that alternative would be what I would have used if I wasn't using what I'm using now. Sometimes people get so much information, it keeps them from actually doing what it is they want to do. Yeah. I call it analysis paralysis. Uh, and I love, I love analysis paralysis. Uh, yes, Sierra and I, I forgot to mention, we, we're hosted by the same mob over in America called mm-hmm. Podcast Websites. The difference is Sierra doesn't have to pay the conversion rate from Australian dollars to American dollars, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little which is a little bit hurty at the moment. Uh, now you have, as you said, you're writing your ebook. Um, I'd mm-hmm. like to contribute a chapter to that on looking at how we um, – I guess how we conduct our uh, interviews and how we create story out of what we what we talk about. Because I notice as I um, edit my transcripts, print out my transcripts, I notice some of the rubbish that I talk about, and I'm I'm up to nearly fifty episodes now. It's um, mm. probably painful for my listeners. Sorry, everybody out there. But to cut out some of the rubbish that we say along the way and get straight to the good bits, and I notice even here with you today, I'm getting better at identifying when we hit on what it is that you're passionate about talking talking about. And I noticed that you're, you really started to liven up when you started to talk about doing what you want to do, being who you truly meant to be and never giving up. So they're your keywords, can I say? Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would say those words define me pretty well. Um, the, I think it was last week I watched a, a video on YouTube that really, really um, struck a chord with me and I had to really sit down and think about everything that I've been through. And, and I'm, I'm only 29, so I know I haven't been through as much as, you know, a, a lot of people on earth, but I, I've been through quite a bit, particularly between the ages of um, 20 and I would say about 27. So w- when I watched that video and I realized, you know, everything that I have been through and what I'm doing doing now and what I'm trying to do, I was like, you, you know, you really are resilient. Sometimes I downplay what I've been through because, you know, I know people who have been through worse at much younger ages, but I I think most people don't sit back and look at the whole scope of their work, meaning the whole scope of their life. And they don't realize that, that they are fighters, that they don't give up, but it seems like stuck. So they can't, they can't, you know, I guess they can't fathom themselves being considered someone who doesn't quit because they aren't where they want to be yet. Yeah. Are you finding that you've had to overcome that fear factor that we all we all face and we all deal with and we all 
you know, make a great procrastination out of it. But you in particular with the story that you've got to tell, are you finding that putting yourself out there on a podcast that is only new, uh, as far as I'm aware, but probably has more downloads already in a couple of episodes than I've got in my whole whole five months or four months, whatever <laughs> I've been going, uh, you're, you're tapping into a chord with people who go, yeah, I haven't got a college um, education either, but I'm, I'm determined to succeed. I, I think so. Um, I get quite a few messages um, via social media. I even had one gentleman call me last week. I, I think I am striking a chord with them. And, it, and I think it's because, especially in America, we're fed the go to college, you know, go do this, go do that. And although we are turning into an entrepreneurial society where the people are realizing they're not, I think a lot of people are still scared because, it, I mean, it's not easy. But you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So I, I think I am striking a chord. I know a lot of talented people who could very well be working for themselves, doing exactly what they love, but they're so afraid of what people would think. They're afraid of failing, which, in my opinion, is only failing if you never try because you're going to have slip-ups. Your Things are going to happen, but things happen when you're working at your regular job every day, too. And, but you're not happy there. So would you rather something happen doing something you love and you learning from it and correcting it? Or would you rather something bad happen somewhere that you absolutely hate and once it happens, there's nothing you can do about it? So yeah. I, I believe I'm striking a chord with, with those individuals. Yeah, and, and traditional academic, I guess, pathways are, are closing down now. Uh, more and more people don't have that lifetime security in their job. And the more I read about entrepreneurship, the more scary it seems to limit yourself to one career. Um, because Absolutely. once that stops, you're you're gone. Whereas where you have more eggs in your basket, which is just a, such a pathetic cliche, uh, you you're safer. Absolutely, um, I I believe that you you are safer when you you know you ride your own wave but you know like you said the thought of of me handing over my future to a, a CEO or a Fortune 500 company is just not realistic because you never know what happens you have companies who close down without uh notice and they just leave their employees hanging in the balance. Um, it, it happens all the time over here, especially in particular industries such as the auto industry. Um, it's, it's just it's not realistic to me anymore. But I understand why some people like it. Now, all companies aren't bad, but it, I just know that that life isn't for me. Yeah. And also, um, I guess traditional bricks and mortar companies, uh, they're not they're not as successful as they once were either as as this online competitive exciting world uh, comes more and more into play. Now, do you do a lot of your work now online? Yes, primarily. Yeah, and that, and that's a really interesting space that's opening up more and more uh, as we move forward. And I think a lot of um, the entrepreneurial work that's happening among our young people uh, is happening online as well. And yourself, I actually include in being a young person. You know, you've had, you've had some fantastic opportunities. As you said, you were real estate. I've read something here about a beauty products I've got no idea what that's about but you've tried a few different things and you're and now you're sharing your knowledge is already at the age of 29 uh with others and saying hey look I've done it uh so why don't you try as well absolutely that that's exactly um what I would like to see happen 
Um, in, in the future, I plan on um, creating a, a private mastermind of, of individuals who want to get out there and, and try some stuff, but they don't have it. They have no idea how to. Um, it, it'll be an accountability group to start, but that's one of the things I want to do in, in the near future because I, I know there are a lot of people who want to, you know, try going after what it is they really love in life, but they're they're just afraid and they don't have enough support, immediate support around them to really go ahead and, and start moving. I'm not saying you have to jump off the cliff immediately, but you have to start taking action. You have to start executing or you'll never do it. And you'll look up in 15 years go by and you'll be in the same position. Yeah. What made you so wise so young? Like I'm listening to your <laughs> chat and I'm listening to the words that you're saying. Um, but you could you could have had a lot more experience under your belt before you came to the realization uh, that what you're doing is actually really fantastic. Uh, what made me wise so young? That's uh, I would say I I read a lot. I do a lot of self discovery. I self assess a lot, a whole lot. Um, I self assess on on where I want to be, on where I am, what I need to do to get there, in in several different areas in life. But I th- I think most of it is is personal development and reading. Over the last, I would say, two years, that's something I've really been honing in on, just personal development. Um, this year, I read nothing but John Maxwell and, and Eric Thomas. So I, I think that's a, a big key and why people feel I'm, I'm so wise to be young. Is I know, you know, I self-assess, I read a lot, and I really, really figure out what it is I want, and then I, I find out how to get it because it's possible. I think a lot of people just... They just, you know, they wing it and you you really can't wing it through life. Although there are millions of people doing it, you can't because you'll end up with what someone else has in mind for you. And that's not practical, in, in my opinion. Looks, again, so much to unpack. Taking responsibility for your own life. Um, how how scary is that, everyone? And as indie authors, that's what we're doing, guys. We're taking responsibility for our own businesses. We're not relying on traditional publishers anymore. We're putting ourselves out there and so very, very much to learn, as Sierra says. Again, so wise for so young. I don't know where you came from, child. Uh, reading. Reading is such a big one with everybody. Looking to the past to guide us forward. How did, when did you first realize that all the knowledge that we need is actually in books that are already out there? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know when I realized it, but I growing up, my mother kept a book in my hand. I've always been an avid reader and I would say probably around when I was like 24 is when I stopped reading fiction and from there on out it was all you know, self-help books, um, business books, sales books. So I, I've always been an avid reader. So I, I can't really say when I realized how important it was. It was just something that my mother instilled with me. She was an avid reader. I still have a box of the books that she read. So it's just something I, I, I grew up around. Um, and it, it always baffles me to see people who don't read. But I, I mean, I get it if it's something that you're not used to. But I, I always encourage, especially my friends and family members, read. Like it, you'll you'll find out a lot about yourself when you read. It really gets the brain moving in ways that it it never moved before. Yeah. Now, look, we we could stop there, Sierra. You have given us everything we need to know. Without reading, you know, life has no purpose. I mean, that's we're writers. We need to hear that stuff. You're you're writing your first book. You have two young children. Uh, now, do you work from home nowadays? Yes, primarily. 
Yeah, and you're and you're very busy setting up, as I said, you're busy setting up your podcast. You've you've got some mentors of your own. So who who are your mentors nowadays? Oh, my mentors nowadays. Um, I would say the most important mentor I have um, is, is uh, motivational speaker Eric Thomas. I I listen to his keynotes. Um, I read his books. I listen to his podcast, Secret to Success. Um, he, I've been, you know, studying him and his work consistently this entire year. I've attended a few of his uh, conferences, and um, it, it's really been life changing. He teaches a lot about character to start, and and you have to, you know, understand that no matter what you want to do or where you want to go. You, if your character isn't right, you're either not going to be there long or you won't get there at all. So I, I really enjoy his material. Um, I consider John Maxwell to be a mentor, even though I've never met him, but I study his material um, like crazy. Those two, I would say, are uh, are key right now. Yeah. Now, John Maxwell, I don't know anything about him either. Two seconds ago, I didn't know anything about Eric Thomas. Uh, and guys, put him on your reading list. Motivational speakers, secrets to success. These are things that we all want to know. We're all keen. We're all curious about. John Maxwell, what does he do? John Maxwell is an author as well as a uh, speaker and, and leadership coach. I think you will really enjoy his books. Um, he has about, I can't even count, maybe 70 books. But he has some really great content. Um, his books are, are very easy to go through. They're practical, easy to apply what he puts in the books, you know, to your life and whatever other area you want to apply it to. So yeah. I would definitely recommend John Maxwell. Yeah. Now, how interesting is this, everybody? I have to stop and I have to ponder and I have to reflect because that's my nature. I'm, as you know, I had my 55th birthday. I've a lifelong learner. I've I've read and studied and gone to university and done everything that I consider, wow, I've had a great life. I've got a 29-year-old young lady here who calls herself a college <laughs> dropout, educating me, you know, teaching me things that I never knew, all through conversation, all through relationships, all through networking. How critical is that? Uh, relationship building to your business nowadays? Oh, wow. That's outside of, of the hard work aspect that I have to put in myself. Relationship building is, is that's 1.5. If, if, if I may put it on a scale as, as number of importance, it, it's huge. Um, and it's so funny because I'm actually going through a relationship course right now on, on building, how to properly build relationships. And it's, it's very important. Um, no one man is an island. I, I have to remind myself that everybody needs, you know, people to help them. And I'm not saying, you know, give you handouts, but you, you have to be able to have people you can turn to, you know, even if it's just an accountability partner, um, relationships. I, I can't even stress how important relationships, how important relationships are, especially in the world that we're a part of. Um, one relationship could take you from zero to ten in a matter of weeks. So relationships are, are huge. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about building them the proper way um, now. I, I think I've always been good at it, but I, I need to get great at it, if that makes any sense. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sitting here with the hugest smile on my face. You're teaching me, <laughs> you're teaching me things hand over fist and the passion has come back into your voice again. I love it. Uh, you say you're doing a course on relationship building. Now I'm assuming that's mm -hmm. a business, a business oriented relationship building course. Um, it, it's actually just about um, 
I don't want to say business oriented. Um, the the guy who's teaching it, he basically says there's no such thing as, as relationships anymore. You know, networking anymore. I'm sorry, not relationships. There's really no such thing as networking. You should always be trying to build relationships. So building relationships in terms of actually getting to know people, um, understanding, you know, what they like, um, understanding what, what matters to them, especially if it's people who you may want to work alongside one day or someone who you know can help you instead of, you know, starting out with, hey, can you help me do this? Get to know this individual and then build that relationship so that they in turn may want to help you instead of you asking them. So I, I, I guess you can say it's it's business based, but I think you can apply it to, to any area of life. Um, I, and it's so funny because I was just telling my sister a couple of weeks ago, like the relationships I have with people in the business world and outside of the business world is the single most important thing outside of, you know, the, the basics of my core values. The relationships are key. Yeah. And the other thing, did you hear everybody? Core values. These words keep coming mm-hmm. up over and <laughs> over again. I am onto the lingo now. I know that core values, my ears prick up and I go, okay, tell us your core values, please, um, Sierra. Uh, you want to know all of them? I have about 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to go have... to bed soon. Remember, it's nighttime here. So. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, and and I'm telling you, most of this, this stuff that I'm um, telling you about, I, I learned from, from studying Eric Thomas's material. He has an amazing story. He, you know, he was a high school dropout and now he runs a, a million dollar company. Um, but yeah, my core values, let me grab them here. I usually have them sitting right in front of me, but I think my son moved them. Um, one of one of them off the top of my head, I know them all, but off the top of my head, my uh, number one is is um, loyalty. Um, loyalty is is my number one core core value. Um, family, and you know I always say family isn't isn't always blood. Um, most times we find that the people who aren't blood are more like family than than our actual blood relatives. Um, faith. You know, walking by faith and not by sight, just just believing in in what you know to be true. Um, integrity. Um, I I pride myself on doing what's right, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of of what people may think, regardless of how someone may treat me. I try two hundred percent to always do what's right. Um, relationships, like I just said, you know, it's important for me to uh, value, nurture, and sustain um, the the important relationships in my life with you know, family, friends, um, business partners who eventually I always say if, if we do business together, the goal is for us to become family in, in some in some way, shape or form. Um, respect. Um, I respect everybody. Uh, the, the golden rule is, is something I was taught at an early age. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, honesty and truth. Uh, I try to be, well, I don't want to say I try to be, I'm, I'm honest with myself and with others on a consistent basis. Um, and in the world we live in today, that sometimes can be hard, but you know, you have to understand your truth and, and be honest with yourself. Um, development, personal development. I, I solely believe in personal development. I take an hour every day to just do personal development, whether it's reading, um, watching a video, going over a course, or just looking through some notes from something that I learned, um, you know, previously. And uh, the last one is that I'm an early riser. That's one of my core values. I truly, for me, getting up early makes my day go by a whole lot smoother. And I honestly believe the early bird gets the worm. 
Uh, I don't feel so guilty now, everybody. I'm I'm usually the one up at um, six o'clock in the morning doing the podcasting, oh, no. and now I've got now I've got you. I don't feel very bad at all, and I actually feel a little bit smug that I'm actually going to go up and go to bed now um, because it's <laughs> night time here. Look, core values, everyone. It's it's interesting when you start to get into all this stuff and record what makes you tick, and you look back at past decisions and you can see why you mm-hmm. made decisions that you made that may not have worked out as well. For financially but it allowed you to walk away with your integrity have you found that over time i'm sorry could you repeat that i I didn't catch the end part uh that you you follow your core values and you walk away with your integrity intact uh rather than money in your pocket because sometimes chasing the money is not actually taking you in the direction you want to go absolutely i I feel that I I feel better about myself when I do that. Now, you know, through life, I've made some decisions that after I've made them, just internally, I knew it wasn't right. And, and you know, and I knew that was my in- integrity kicking in. That was my conscience kicking in. I, I have a very clear conscience. So using those experiences compared to when I make decisions now, I can just tell the difference. Like I said before, if I would make a decision based on what someone else wanted me to do, yet I knew it wasn't right, I always just, I did, I never felt right afterwards. Now, when I make a decision, um, especially in regards to business, if, if it's something that I know isn't right yet, someone's trying to dangle money in front of my face, I feel better walking away from it. Whereas I know that if I would go ahead and take that money and compromise what I believe, I, I would never, it would be hard for me to sleep. Yeah, look, so so wise and so young. I keep going on about youth because, again, everyone, 29 is young. 29, you're talking like you've got a lifetime of experience under your belt there, Sierra, uh, but at 29 you can't possibly have lived through some of the, some of the things that the rest of us have. Uh, right, right. Yeah, now, when you dropped out of college, how old were you? Um, I was 20 years old when I left school. Yeah, um, and you've got a, you've got something up that talks about five things you should do when you drop out. Uh, I'm assuming that's been quite a popular post because when you do drop out, it leaves you vulnerable, it leaves you insecure, mm-hmm. it leaves you fearful, uh, and it makes you doubt. So these five things, I'm guessing, are, are truly um, core to what you're what you're talking about now. If you'd like to, can you run through those five things with us? Absolutely. And you um, you you were absolutely correct when you said when you do drop out, you have those feelings of, you know, doubting. Um, you're scared. You you're really afraid of, of what everyone, you know, is, is thinking about you and saying about you, especially if, you know, like in my case, people had all of these high hopes and expectations. People thought I was going to go get a master's and, you know. When I they found that I I didn't, it was just like what? Um, but yeah, the the five things you should do when you drop out. Um, number one is find a way to make money, which means go ahead and, and get a job, e- even if it's a job you may not necessarily um, love. I would suggest trying to to get a job in an area that you think you may want to work in. And this is something I actually well, when I dropped out, online business wasn't what it is now, so I can't say I, it's something I wish I would have done because this opportunity wasn't available back then. So, for example, if, if you know you want to 
going to real estate, then go ahead and, and get a job at a real estate office just to learn the nuts and bolts of the business. That doesn't mean you have to be an agent. You could go on to be an investor or or whatever it is you want to be. I'll just use real estate because, you know, that that was my business. Um, number two, listen to and watch something positive every single day. That is imperative. It's, now, that is something I wish I would have did when I left school. Um, you have to to control what you consume content-wise. Pos- negative content is real, and it, it can really affect you. I know a lot of people try to be naive about it, but it is very real. So I would say listen to and watch something positive every single day because I find that when I do that, I have moments during the day where I'm just like, I, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. And if I read or listened to something that was good, I hear something from that video or I, I see something from that piece that I read that gets me to keep going. Um, number three is, is find a mentor. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone who's doing what you want to do, although that's ideal. But I would say find someone with good character. Um, someone who, if they're not already successful, they're working very hard to become successful because those habits that they have, those are things you can pick up just from being around them. Um, four, surround yourself with like-minded individuals. That I think is, is probably the hardest thing for most people because most of the people that they are around have no idea, um, how to be positive. They, they have no idea how to, to dream big. So you have to find if you can, at least two, but most people only find one um, person that they could surround themselves with. These days, I think it's easier because you have these online com- communities, um, these online groups on Facebook where all you see is positive, positive, positive things. So even if you can't find anyone physically, go join a community, go ahead and invest that money. Um, some of them are expensive, but you know, some of them are, are nominal. And then number five is, is read every single day. Um, I, I put a, clo- a quote on my site that said, a mind needs books as a sword needs a whetstone if, if it is to keep its edge. So, um, I think reading every day is essential to stay sharp, to stay in focus. Um, even if it's not a book, a blog that you like, an article, something, you, you have to read something every single day. It's, it's so funny because my son is six years old and he even knows he has to read every single day. Well, I, I'm just sitting here in ab- admiration. I am just blown away at your wisdom. Everybody, everything that Sierra says, we can apply to our own things. And I keep having to remind myself that I'm not sitting here listening to you for my benefit. I've brought you on so that my listeners can take something away from this. I am at a point at the moment where I'm I'm leaving school for about the hundredth time. I'm going mm-hmm. to jump into the unknown. And all those things that you say are so very true, surrounding myself with people who believe that I can do what I want to do, reading, listening to podcasts, doing all those kinds of things, listening to the inspiration that people like you provide. Um, And you may not realise, you you may not realise, or you may be starting to get the idea very quickly, that treading your own path is just not easy. No, it's not. It's it's not easy, but, you know, I find I'm finding that it's it's worth it. Um, it's very uh, what are, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's very satisfying for me. I like I I love the 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 grind and the um, the hustle, if you will, of building something from the ground up. Um, Eric Thomas calls it the process, 
And uh, I, I, you know, I love it. I, I would rather work 12, 13, even 14 hours building something that I truly believe in um, for myself and for others than to spend 12, 13, 14 hours in someone else's establishment. That's just my personal opinion. So it is not easy. Um, but another thing Eric Thomas says, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So there are only a, a handful of us who I believe are chosen to take this path. And if we just keep pushing forward and keep pressing, we can literally change the world. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I just have to stop there. I, I cannot find a higher point of the story to stop everyone. Um, my, my final words were to ask Sierra about letting your story empower you. Now Sierra's story here today has certainly empowered her and I guess what it's done is it's inspired me and hopefully everyone, it's inspired you as well. Letting your story empower you and mapping out a journey for yourself that allows you to maintain ownership of your life. Uh, and that's what you're doing and, and doing it so very well. You're a role model for your children. Uh, and I'm guessing that there's a lot in front of you. Very quickly, can you tell us what's coming up next for uh, Sierra Say? Um, well, as, as I mentioned earlier, the, the ebook is, will be my first, um, piece of material that I've written and, and published. So that's coming up next. Um, the, the private mastermind accountability group that I mentioned, um, I want to try to get that launched by February actually. And it's, it's going to be very small and intimate. I'm talking five, maybe 10 people, but I think I'm going to hold it at, uh, five. Um, I'm going to continue to evolve and, and make the college dropout podcast, uh, better. Um, I'm, trying to gear up to actually provide some some video content people are trying to push me to do youtube but i don't know yet um but yeah those those are the two things that i'm focused on right now i may do another book sometime next year but i have no idea on what um but we'll see how how this first release goes Mm. and one step one step at a time uh because you don't know what once you take that first step you don't know what the next step will open up for you you're young. Right. I look. I so look forward to to having you back and discovering where this journey takes you. You you are an inspiration, and congratulations to you, Sierra. Uh, I'll put your website up. I'll put your podcast up. Everyone, please take a moment to listen to Sierra's podcast because, as you can see, we've all got something to learn from it. The college dropout. More and more people are dropping out. More and more young people are taking the entrepreneurial path and getting really rich doing it. I've got to tell you. <laughs> and, and hating their English teachers as they go along. I've got to tell you that as well. Uh, and <laughs> and um, I, I really wish you all the best and keep going strong, girl, because you're you're an inspiration to the rest of us. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on the show. I I I'm kind of I was shocked a little bit when you asked me because I've been following your show because we're in the podcast websites community. But um, I enjoy the show. I, I love your content. So I, I really appreciate you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it's getting more exciting every day. OK, that's it, everybody, for another episode on Rider on the Road. I actually get to go to bed now, which is a real treat. I don't have to rush off to school. So that's one for the good <laughs> girls. OK, and it's bye now from Rider on the Road. 